chose the title about three months ago, and actually it bears no relation whatsoever to what I'm going to talk about this evening. Um, hopefully this kind of will be an improvement on five. I kind of did most of the work in the PowerPoint yesterday, downloaded it onto the church computer, and then decided to change it this afternoon. Um, only to discover that it wouldn't update on the church computer. And I kind of only had half of the slides for the five o'clock. And I was kind of left trying to describe what was on slides. And I have to say, it was a lot of effort for something that isn't very deep or very profound. <laughs> so never mind. Um, we, hopefully we'll do better because I've now added the bits that were missing all over again on the church computer. So you get the whole slideshow as it was meant to be. You probably can't wait for that. It's so exciting, isn't it? Just the thought of it? You're not... Yeah, okay. I'm not saying a word. Okay, it's the beginning of a new year. Not just a new year, a new decade. Um, and it seems to come at a time of uncertainty in our world. Um, kind of, I suspect I'm not alone in kind of wondering how things are going to pan out this decade, what sort of world we will find ourselves living in kind of in 10 years time. Um, kind of it's a bit of a salutary thought, isn't it, really? Um, and it's not just about what's happening in the, in the wider world, it's also about our own lives. Uh, personally, I've been very amused, but not tempted to participate, I have to say, in people posting pictures on Facebook of themselves a decade ago. Um, and kind of as they are now. Um, some of you I know have done it, looking around the room. I'm sure some of you have seen it. Um, I just decided that the comparisons were not pleasant, and I could live without it, and you could probably live without it too. There wouldn't have been hair in it, in case you're wondering. That was gone a long time ago. Um, now, it's epiphany, uh, and I had a bit of a personal uh, epiphany over Christmas, one of those moments of self-discovery. Probably not the most pleasant moment of self-discovery, I have to say. Um, not only is it a new decade for all of us, but as you know, I entered into a new decade last year, 6-0. Well, we went walking a few times over Christmas. My, my wife thinks it's a healthy thing to do, apparently. Um, and we ended up in Knoll Park. Those of you that will know that Knoll will know it's not the hilliest place. Yeah, it's not like going up Snowdon, is it, you know? When we were halfway up a particular slope, and I had to stop to get my breath back, uh, I started to think, um, what would it be like if I'm trying to do this in 10 years' time? Uh, and that was my moment of personal epiphany, that probably I might need to do something about it now, otherwise the consequences might not be very pleasant in the future. So thankfully, in my inbox, I have been inundated with suggestions of things that I might want to do um, to make a fresh start this year, how to be healthier in this, in this year, and it includes better eating. Although, if you're looking at the picture, I don't know how donuts kind of fit into that. Uh, and people are taking that seriously. Some of you may be doing dry January. Some of you may be doing meat-free January. Um, kind of, we are much more you know, likely to think about our diet, particularly 
post-Christmas when some of us may have eaten more than we should have done in the first place. Um, one of the suggestions was about how we live longer. Uh, this is the Wall Street Journal. It's not about eating. It's all about positive thinking. What makes negative thinking so powerful and why should you avoid it? So, you know, positive thinking could change our lives this year. If I think positively about my body, perhaps I'll be able to breathe less, be, better and lose some weight. Possibly not. Um, anyway, um, if you're thinking exercise might be the route to go. It was interesting hearing about your kind of little Bible encouragement group. You know, you might need some exercise encouragement. And... Um, no, no, I didn't mean, no, I didn't mean, <laughs> that was, I meant everybody, I meant everybody, I didn't just, it wasn't directed at you, it really wasn't, oh dear me, oh dear me. <laughs> I did say, I mean, uh, there, is, there is risk about anything I might say. <laughs> um, one article included 14 kind of transformations that people have gone through to encourage you. I have to say, I don't think there's any chance of me ever looking like that. And I'm not altogether sure that I would want to look like that either, if, if I'm honest. Um <laughs> Oh dear. As I said, they're not the most profound of slides, you know. Don't get too excited about anything tonight. Uh, it gets worse. One <laughs> um, well, of the other suggestions in the same kind of email was that you might want to do something completely different here. Go on a journey. Find inspirate the inspiration you need to make this a year of adventure. That's fine if you can afford it, isn't it? I would love to go and see ice caps and things like that. But, um, you know, that, that presumes that to have a better life, you need to have the money to be able to do these kind of exotic things, which is an interesting concept, isn't it, really? So I'm not altogether sure how helpful that stuff appearing in my inbox was. Did have something much more helpful? Along the same line as the girls doing their What's Bible in a Year app. This was kind of, this was like the Bible in 12 days. <laughs> Much, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really. I don't know anyone came across the Church of England's Follow the Star app. Really, really good daily readings and reflections for the 12 days of Christmas with kind of just asking some deep questions that all came out of the Magi's journey. Really kind of, you know, I found that much, much more helpful, um, if I'm honest. Um, it kind of just picks up on, on, on kind of, you know, the wise men and what they were doing and kind of how that speaks into our lives today. Much, much more helpful. Um, kind of epiphany kind of is all about those wise men. It's about um, God's uh, kind of revelation, the manifestation of the fact that the gospel is for everyone. Um, and so kind of the, the, the Magi's coming... Um, is a, a bit like God turned the page early to show us what his future plans were. Um, Paul sums it up in Ephesians like this. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise of Christ. And kind of if you think about the New Testament, 
It took the disciples a long while to discover that. Trouble having the clicker is you don't move your own slides on, isn't it, really? Dangerous thing. Um, you know, it, it, it took more than the cross and more than the, re- re- the resurrection. It took, really, the work of the Holy Spirit in Acts um, with, the, with the conversion of Cornelius for the penny to drop that Jesus just hadn't just come for the Jewish people, that he had come for everyone. And kind of, kind of Paul writes about that more than anybody else. But kind of in the epiphany, in the wise men, in the magi coming, we kind of get a little bit of a window of what God's planned for later at Jesus' birth. Um, and um, kind of in a sense, the epiphany is all about a mystery. Kind of Paul talks about mystery in the terms of, you know, this is something that God had always planned, but it was hidden. It was only really revealed literally after the coming of Jesus, not with the coming of Jesus. Um, just come, I've got a little message coming. Do you want to share the Wi-Fi per- password for St. Matt's Church with Jackie Bray? What are you doing, Jackie? You're sending messages to me. Um, <laughs> I've just given you <laughs> the password, but I don't know if you're going to get on there or not. I've no idea. I suddenly discovered my iPad has been taken over by Jackie. <laughs> well, that's why we're cutting the talk short. I can't see my notes. <laughs> Sorry, we are in a really serious mood tonight. I, I hope you appreciate the time and effort that's gone into thinking so profoundly and deeply about these issues. It, it's not just this sense of mystery that this was God's purpose and that it was hidden and then revealed. There's also, I think, an awful lot of mystery about kind of the events of the Magi's journey. Um, kind of, and, and I'll just pick up on a few of them. Um, I find it quite, I, I, you know, for me, it's strange that it's Matthew that talks about it. Kind of, you know, if you know your New Testament, as those of you that have done the Bible for a year will, um, you kind of know that each of the different gospel writers have different emphases. Uh, and the focus of what Matthew writes about is kind of putting, is putting the gospel in terms that Jews can understand it. Luke is the non-Jew and he writes for kind of the wider audience. And yet it's Matthew that kind of records this event that opens the door um, to, to non-Jews coming to Jesus. Um, second, the Magi themselves are a mystery. Yeah, who were they? Kind of, I, I suspect we can all remember growing up with school nativities that used to call them kings or even carols that we used to sing about them being kings. And there's no mention of that. We're just told that they are Magi. Um, we don't even know how many of them there were. How many Magi were there? Any suggestions? There were three gifts, but it doesn't tell us how many Magi brought the three gifts. Um, kind of Magi in the, you know, in the cells, what we know about them is kind of a bit, it's a bit limited. Um, they're associated with the Medes and the Persians, with ancient Babylonia, with what would now be Iran and Iraq. Um, uh, kind of, if you wanted to be whimsical, I've heard it suggested that they could have been like descendants of kind of Daniel and the exiles and the kind of the wise men of Nebuchadnezzar's court. Probably a bit whimsical. Uh, it's, the, the truth is probably more shocking. It seems more likely that they were Zoroastrian priests. Um, 
which is a bit hard to kind of get your head around, that the people that came to, that, 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 that spotted the significance of Jesus were priests of another religion. Kind of more of that in a moment. And then there's the star. Uh, was it a comet? Was it a shooting star? Kind of, was it a planet in a particular position that kind of that, that they saw and that they followed? And again, there, there's not, you know, really satisfactory answers. Um, and when mysteries end, paradoxes begin. Um, you do love it, don't you, when I ask more questions and give you answers? Kind of, I hope that's acceptable. Um, yeah. I'm fascinated by the way that God uses non-believers in this. Even priests of another religion to attest to his son. Um, there's kind of, there's something of paradox as well as mystery about that. Um, and kind of, I think when we are confronted by people that kind of seem to be completely anti-faith or anti-God or kind of anti-Christianity, we ought to hold on to that, that how kind of God can reveal himself to the most unlikely of people. Um, but it gets more complicated because the Bible um, kind of forbids astrology. Um, and these guys are not astronomers. They're not scientists that were studying the stars. They were much more likely to be astrologers that were looking for meaning in the stars, a bit like someone might do with a horoscope today. And kind of, again, it's like God uses something that he kind of says you shouldn't do. And so there is a sense of paradox in that. Um, but there's also truth in it. Um, you know, the gifts are full of truth. They go beyond coincidence in pointing to the significance of Jesus. You know, gold, frankincense, uh, and myrrh. Um, you know, gold, um, kind of the foundation of kind of kind of finance within any country. Kind of, it's about the authority of that country and kingship. Frankincense, kind of used in worship, is about deity. Myrrh, kind of the, the, the perfumes and the preservatives used in burial. Yeah, they speak of who Jesus was. His significance as a person and the significance of what he had come to do. And they do that right at his birth. Um, and so kind of there is profound truth within it too. Um, and it's really funny how you can really know a story inside and out. And then you can see something within it that you've not seen before, I just found myself fascinated by the interrelationship within this passage of word and spirit. Um, kind of how this pans out is fascinating. It begins with a natural event. They're studying the stars and they see a phenomena in the sky that's a natural event. Um, and yet they realize that it has meaning that's more than just natural. And it becomes a supernatural event. Uh, they take a step of faith and they follow this star. They literally cross a continent to find themselves in Israel. They don't know where it's going to take them. They just know that it has significance. And they come to believe that it, it's kind of auspicious in terms of a, a, a ruler coming um, to be born. Uh, and they, uh, and so kind of somehow supernaturally, they have a sense of its significance and its meaning that goes beyond what they could naturally um, understand. 
Um, and that journey takes them, well, it's interesting, isn't it? It, it? it starts in the natural, it becomes supernatural, and then they revert to common sense, which is what we often do, I think, as Christians. We kind of do what we think we should do. Um, and what do you do if you're looking for a ruler? Well, you go to the capital city. Uh, where do you go in the capital city? You go to the place of power. You go to the palace. Um, you go to the people in authority. Um, and so kind of they follow it all the way to Israel. And then they do what logic suggests. They go to the palace. They seek out Herod. And, and they expect to find a king in a palace. It's the natural place for one, isn't it? Not a stable. Um, and then suddenly this is where spirit and word combine. That's taken them all the way there. And then they're left with this question, what does all this mean? Where do we go next? And of course, the teachers of the law dig into the scriptures. And the scriptures come alongside the supernatural. They confirm what these guys have perceived and seen. And, and kind of isn't that a picture of how it's meant to work? You know, that actually kind of the exp- our Christian experience is meant to tie up with kind of what we see in God's word, what we read in God's word. The two are meant to confirm each other. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't really picked up on that before. Um, but perhaps the most important of all, what comes out of this, is that when the world is at its darkest, God's light still shines. They've followed a star, um, and actually that star's led them into a desperately dangerous place. You know, Herod was not a nice man. I will try not to say what I said at eight o'clock this morning because I got in trouble for it. You know, he managed to, he wanted his wife, three children, his mother-in-law, his uncle, and countless others. You know, the murder of the innocents is not an, a one-off aberration. It's about a power-hungry, evil man. Um, It's a dark world, and yet the light shines in it, and they follow the light, and the light leads them to the place they need to go. It leads them to God. Um, And, you know, the world in which we live, um, it's still a dark place. It will be be tempting to kind of dismiss... um, kind of the Magi as a kind of a saccharine sweet end to the Christmas story. Strange men in strange costumes bringing even stranger gifts to the boy child. Um, And there are no shortage of jokes about it. I did say this was profound tonight. Uh, Here's one for the ladies. What if the three wise men had been women? They would have asked for directions and arrived on time. I know you've heard it before, but it's still funny. They would have cleaned the stable uh, and they would have made a casserole or cake. <laughs> That's for Liz. <laughs> um, and kind of, um, in, you know, then there's the, the frankincense one, isn't there? Right, we picked up the gold, the myrrh, and what on earth is that? I, I like that one. And I know they're old. Um, and, but kind of, it, it's tempting to not treat this story with the gravity that it has. Um, it, you see, the significance of the wise men is that in the middle of the Christmas story, at the beginning of God's plan of redemption, 
in the in the in the big you know right in the midst of his of the act of salvation he's prepared through eternity we are there we're in the heart of that story it isn't just for jewish people the magi mean we're included it's for everyone it's for us uh, every non-jewish person has a place in god's purposes and we're reminded of that right at the birth of his son there can be no doubt we're reminded that in the darkness um there is light and there is no short of darkness at the moment um kind of whether it's the threat we perceive to our planet global warming i think we it's in a in a wet place like england it is almost impossible to comprehend what is happening in australia where yeah, miles and miles and miles of the, you know, thousands of miles of the country is, is burning. Where people have lost their lives, their homes, their livelihoods. Um, you know, the implications for the world in which we live are massive. Um, or the threat to the peace that we enjoy in our world because of the assassination of an Iranian general. You know, who knows where that is going to end. And yet we still know that the light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness um, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, it seems to me that the journey of the Magi invites us to look at what is and see what may be. Um, and so we may not have money to go on journeys to see ice caps, but perhaps, like the Magi, we're called to go on a different sort of journey. Let's pray. Thank you that in the darkness your light still shines. We may not be called to follow a star, but we are called to walk in your light. Lord, just thank you that just as you led and directed those magi, you want to lead and direct us. Thank you that when we, um, that when we are faced by the news and we see the darkness around us, we can read the story and remember that you're a God that still works his purposes out, even in the darkest of times. Amen.